Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. Obviously, my very special co-host today is Kat Timp. Hello. Her new book, hold that up please, there you go. You can't joke about that. I cannot recommend it strongly enough, mostly because I think I'm on the back cover. So You are. But uh, our guest today is going to be Chef Andrew Gruel. He has a uh, what I consider to be a hair-raising story to tell about lockdowns and the, ex the grotesque government overreach in California and how many people's lives are upended by insanely needless policies insanely needless so i'll tell you more about him and where you can find him uh right after this our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre the psychopaths start this way he was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography ptsd love addiction fentanyl and heroin ridiculous i'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. where the hell you think i learned that I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. I want to share with you a teeth whitening system that goes beyond merely enhancing your smile. Primal Life Organics Real White Teeth Whitening System offers convenience and rapid results without harsh chemicals. Light, blue light for whitening, red light for gum and oral hygiene, and you can just do both if you wish. Works naturally, promoting gum healing, tooth remineralization, gives you a brighter and a healthier smile. Again, no peroxide involved. Consistent usage yields remarkable results. Take this opportunity to transform your smile and at the same time, optimize your oral health. Aim for five times a week for the best outcomes. Discover more about this remarkable teeth whitening system and other products at drdrew.com primal today. That again is drdrew.com P-R-I-M-A-L. Be sure to use that link for 60% off drdrew.com slash p-r-i-m-a-l do it today for 60 percent off you can spend thousands of dollars trying to look a few years younger or you can skip all of that hassle and go with what works genucel skincare genucel is the secret to better skin in fact you might have witnessed the astonishing effects of genucel during a recent unplanned moment on our show when just a little Genucel XV restored my skin within minutes right before your eyes. That's how fast these products work. I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at Genucel.com. Susan and I love Genucel so much, we've created our own bundles so you can try our favorite anti-wrinkle treatments, correcting serums, and ultra-retinol creams. Just go to Genucel.com Drew. Use the code Drew for an extra discount and free priority shipping. Again, that is Genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. So as I said, uh, Kat Timfin here co-hosting with me today. We are in New York City. Uh, I suggest you run out and get her books. You can't joke Should about that. Should I do that. this again? Do it again. And I'm not very good at this. Tell them why you can't joke about that. Oh yeah, this is a book about how you can joke about everything and all the dark stuff people tell you not to joke about is the most important stuff to joke about because that's how you get through it. And uh, you'll see Kat on uh, Dr. Drew After Dark uh, coming soon where she talks in grotesque detail. Grote grotesque is the word for it. <laughs> Gro grotesque detail about some of the things she has been through that she jokes about in this book. Yes. And um, 
how shall we uh, sort of sort of tip our hat to to uh, what it is that's in there? Just say that. Um, I mean, her plumbing got uh, external, externalized, and <laughs> disconnected, and some shit went down, quite literally, and out, and out. So uh, <laughs> we are joined today by Chef Andrew Grohl. He uh, has a terrible story of being forced, like many restaurants, to shut down. He started a fund in December 2020 to raise money for out-of-work restaurant workers. Raised over $230,000 in the first three weeks. Uh, you can follow him at Chef Gruel, G-R-U-E-L, on Twitter. Uh, by the way, Cat is the real CatTimpf.com and also CatTimpf, K-A-T-T-I-M-P-F, on Twitter. Let's see if I left anybody else for anybody. Andrew Gruel is also on uh, Rumble and YouTube. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I, what did I see you on recently? It was some some pod, and I thought I must talk to him because it, it just brought me back to the dark days of California lockdown. Uh, and literally, uh, I was doing a nightly news broadcast during that period on Fox 11, a local you know Fox affiliate, not not a Fox News like right. she said, is a Fox network thing, and um, think Family Guy that sort of thing, and. I just remember thinking to myself, like a year in, I kept obsessing about the businesses around Disneyland. I, I kept thinking there are all these businesses around Disneyland, all these uh, thousands of employees, thousands of businesses, and they, they are being destroyed. Right. The lives are being destroyed. In Florida, Disney World, wide open. All those businesses doing fine, at least surviving. And in California, they're being choked to death. And you were one of those businesses. Tell the story. Yeah, so right they, when they shut everything down, it was just pandemonium from a financial perspective. You know, you've got bills to pay. You obviously, it's a cash flow business. It's a registered business. And there was no pause on any of the bills. There was no pause on the landlords coming after. There was no pause on payroll, taxes, et cetera. So for us, it was just about trying to figure out how we could get through day by day. I owned at the time, I had eight restaurants in Southern California, but I also had a franchise system across the country. So as a franchisor, I was dealing with all the questions from the franchisees and trying to understand financially how we could support them. Um, but we're just kind of a small franchisor with strapped with cash. But as I mentioned, it was about the team members, right? We didn't know what we were going to do with all of our team members, how those employees were going to be financially, you know, kind of supported through this whole process. So for us, it was just about, okay, what can we do to cook the food that's on our shelves, support our employees, and then get through this theoretical two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah, it was not two weeks. I was here in New York the whole time, which a lot of people left. I couldn't leave. And one thing that would drive me nuts is I still had a job and I'd be on TV and people would be asking me about it. And I would see other people at times saying the whole just stay home thing and saying just it, stay home means just close your business. Just don't make any money and just somehow still be able to survive. Well, it was even worse. The rhetoric was first there was was if one is uh, if one is in danger, we're all in danger. Remember that rhetoric? You're that a weird, murderer. Yeah, that we're, you're a murderer if you do anything. But but just stay home was, hey. You you're much more concerned about money than the well-being of other people. We're all in this together. Aren't you worried about other? And I kept saying, 
for God's sakes, if lockdown was the answer for something that was going to kill everybody, of course, it is neither the answer nor are the vulnerable being protected. Right. It was just unreal and yet destroys be lives being destroyed because of, frankly, models. I hope everyone got the message that models, modeling, epidemiological modeling, all those things, that is not only not a science, it is closer to divining rod in terms of you know predicting the future these are and and to have millions of lives upended and destroyed because of it was i just couldn't get over it and then they decided to close the schools and to me there's literally footage of me on tv yeah. going, why are you doing this yeah. why who told you to do that we just think it's the right thing to do really the right thing to do you couldn't predict what was going to happen if you did that so okay so now it's going on week 12 where what's happening with your restaurants and employees well, see, this is where I think people don't understand kind of the granular element of what was going on with businesses is that right when they shut everything down, there was no relief for anybody. And then even when the PPP right. program or the, the debacle was launched, nobody got money from that until probably eight to 12 weeks later. All of the employees within the industry that were let go because nobody's business was open, we actually did remain open and we ended up cooking for all of the first line, first, you know, kind of first responders. We kept our restaurant open and, and then we continued to pay our team members. But those team members that got let go from other restaurants, they couldn't get unemployment benefits. If you recall, in California, $70 billion of unemployment fraud. So when they said, oh, well, don't worry, you're going to get approved for unemployment. They didn't get those checks for, in some cases, eight to nine months afterwards. So nobody had right. cash. There was no money available for anybody to live their daily lives. That's what I think people forget about. And then even those businesses that shut down in the first five, four to five weeks, they weren't allowed to apply for that PPP money or the employee retention credit because they were already closed. So it disqualified them. And it's that first tranche of restaurants that have now forever been forgotten about that I think has still been kind of left in that black hole. And then we had two restaurants, I remember, attempting to stay open and serve food out of doors in, in the L.A. County area. I, what was the one called? Flats? Hamburger Flats or something? Are you familiar with yeah, that? Tinhorn it was Flats. like in Glendale or Tinhorn Flats. And Tinhorn Flats, this is how draconian and authoritarian things became because those guys dared to defy Barbara Ferrer, dared to defy her by serving hamburgers out of doors, which is yeah. how we all should have been eating at the time, dared to defy her. They literally put chain link around the restaurant. They, they well, cemented they, it shut. They were dumping sand into skate parks and all the outdoor activities were everything. That, that's yeah. what you should have been doing. Yes. Well, you're supposed to just drink in your house. But Tinhorn Flats, yeah. <laughs> Flats is still a, a lawsuit underway. And do you have any insight into whether that's going to be successful? I know that he has been completely decimated. He thought that obviously the restaurant's been closed for months. The state is piling up all of their fees and penalties from any unpaid sales tax, sales and use tax. I don't know what the outcome of the lawsuit's going to be, but I highly doubt that it's going to be successful, especially in Los Angeles County. They pretty much used him as the, you know, the, the pariah and the symbol that they're going to persecute him because he dared to question the authorities during the pandemic. 
I, doesn't anybody? I I don't understand why this doesn't send shutters down people's spine. It should, especially because all the people coming up with this stuff in the government, and then the people pushing it, a lot of them in the media, they're all just fine. This didn't affect them in a negative way. They're all still working. Mm -hmm. And let's remember, it's been shown to be categorically not a good idea. Right. It came from the Chinese Communist Party policies in Wuhan that were a fault were completely fabricated in terms of the effects they had, and then followed through in Lombardy, Italy by a guy who really didn't care about COVID, but wanted just to deploy Chinese style tactics to show how, how wonderful they are. And then we followed suit and the world followed suit, which is the thing I find mind boggling. But I would suggest, I would suspect that nobody did it longer and with greater flair than California. Am I right about that? Yeah, a thousand percent. Because they shut down the beaches. And I recall at the time it was July, right? And so we had gotten used to serving outdoors and we had gotten used to having these kind of limited indoor seating elements where you could have these tables here and there and follow the arrows. I mean, it was, it was, it was obviously, it was asinine. It was a clown show, but we followed through with it. And they shut down the beaches in July. And I said at the time, and I posted on social media, this is going to be a disaster. It's going to exacerbate the spread because now you're going to have everybody who was going to go to the beach end up in a backyard party or in somebody's house. And by the very metrics they were using to shut us down in these closed settings, that was going to create more of a spread. And I spoke out about it. And that was the first time I got officially canceled. I was a murderer. I was the worst person in the world. I was a greedy business owner, a greedy restaurant owner. They shut it down as well in Orange County on a Friday. I had purchased all of my inventory on a Thursday going into the weekend and overscheduled my staff. We lost all the inventory. Obviously, I paid my staff for all the hours, but business was you know, completely decimated because nobody was coming to the beaches for the 4th of July weekend. Outside. The beaches are outside. I, <laughs> Everybody knows. What? They're outside? Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, the part of the part of the reason that you got canceled with such uh, vigor is that the press had done this incredible job. I heard Peter Atia talking about this. He had a friend of his father, no, a, a family he knew, the father who was in his 50s or 60s, came to him and said, please convince my son to get the vaccine. He does, you know, I, I, he's being irrational. He won't get the vaccine. So Peter went over to that family and he sat down and the dad and the mom were apoplectic about this. Yeah. And he thought, and finally he went, what do you think? And the kid was 28 years old, 30 years old. And he said, what do you imagine his risk is if he gets COVID? What his chances of death? Well, at least 50%. <laughs> I mean, this is what the press had done. This is what the public health wow. monstrosity had done, which is so badly panicked people that they literally believed that there was a 50% fatality rate for a population for whom the fatality rate was well under 1%. And by the way, and I've said this over and over again, if you ever hear from a doctor that you have a 99% probability of doing well, he or she is telling you, forget about it yeah don't even think about it so uh, the the fact that we allowed that to happen and by the way you're part of the press why didn't the press are they are they uh, sort of reevaluating themselves in any way are they thinking about what they had done yeah i think a lot of the media is unfortunately about teams you're on you know the right or you're on the left and then whatever your team goes with is what you then have to go with I I don't subscribe to that. I'm not on. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. You're team libertarian. Yeah, but and I'm imagining this particular story is. Yeah, I mean, you you in your lifetime you've never seen anything like that. No, and yet 
you're you, this would make you a libertarian if you weren't already right. property you know? rights just don't exist <laughs> yeah. all of these basic things just don't exist people cops showing up because you, you have a restaurant uh it, it, this is why i am a libertarian but also a libertarian is just you know i'm small l i'm not part of that party either i just am don't believe the government has the solutions to these problems. And I think that when it forces what it thinks are solutions on people, things can get worse. And I think that's what happened here. Oh. And I think people, if you pick a side, you don't really have to think because all your thinking has been done for you already. So people would just say, okay, my side's saying this is really deadly and everyone should close. And if you don't close, you're heartless. So then they just push that because that's what they've been doing all along is, okay, this is what my side thinks. Cause you don't want to have any pushback. And then if you say one thing that's out of step, then your career is over there. Yeah. So we didn't have any critical thinking going on because binary thinking is the opposite of that because it just says there's only two possibilities and I pick my side and then I'm done and you don't think it through. Have you seen that video that's flying around on social media where, you know, where they're just all the people on press are repeating these aphorisms over yeah. and over again. Yeah, it's it's unreal. Where did they get that from? Who who told them to say these things? That's what I couldn't understand. Government. Well, also, but to but take you that know, you know. Further. Wait, hang on, one second, Andrew. One quick second, because this is actually important to me. Uh, which is when you go on the show at night. No, no, there's no government. No, we're that no. is. How could that even get through to you? No. So where did that come from? No, I mean, I, I can say whatever I want. Yeah. I, I just think that a lot of people, I think social media makes it worse, right? Because if you're yeah. on a certain channel, then maybe there's a certain viewpoint that your audience has. And if you hear these weirdos who go after you for saying something, which again, I don't know anybody in my real, real life who is going after strangers that they see on TV, right? That's a weird thing to do, but you can internalize it and you could think, okay, I don't want to upset these people who are my base well, and then mobs. I'll be done. They're, they're mobs, mobs, they're too. crazy. And it's a small percentage of the population that's even on Twitter at all, but it can feel big when you're on there. So I think people are like, this is how I have to say this because then they're going to all be mad at me. And then what happens to me? And then it just kind of builds on each other because you don't want to be the one to say something because then you'll be excommunicated. Mm -hmm. And so nobody stopped to say, hey, this is legitimately insane. It's legitimately insane. Andrew, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I interrupted you. Please go right ahead. Well, no, what, what I found fascinating through the pandemic was what I noticed is there was this social phenomena that when sports were shut down, all the people whose lives were based around fantasy football, the games, the drafts, the, you know, sports betting, everything, they turned that need for competitive, you know, kind of, you know, rigging and, and rooting to politics. So I had friends who mm. knew nothing about politics, but were hardcore sports fanatics who suddenly were picking sides because it was like a sports game and they wanted their side to win. So I think it's wow. interesting that the, the lack of sports in society turned so many people. It was like, instead of having, you know, the Jersey with, um, you know, Aaron judge on the back of it, it was like Nancy Pelosi, right? That was their player. That was <laughs> who they decided to root for. Or yeah. Donald Trump. Woo. Plus, they're just stuck in their house. I mean, I've never spent more time. And, and again, all the liquor stores are open. People are just in their house drinking. Weed you know, stores, what can go wrong are, mentally? The dispensaries are open too, so we can get, continue to distribute. Crossfaded. So, but you know, and you it's were stuck in the term. city. You were stuck in this city yes. during all that. It must have been very bizarre because a lot of people left. Everybody left yeah. and I was still working here. And I remember the only people that seemed to be having a good summer were the people who were doing drugs on the street. <laughs> and I considered it. I was like, Cam, to my husband, I was like, should we start shooting up? They're having a great time. We're not having well, a great well, time. What's fun. to stop us? We ultimately decided against it. We, we traveled a lot during, during COVID and did not get COVID from planes. I got it from running around a hospital trying to get the vaccine, but, but, um, 
but I remember coming here a couple of times and I, I literally felt like somebody walking around Machu Picchu or something yeah. going, once there was a great city and one day yeah. everybody left. They just vanished. Everybody's out because it was empty in this town for, for six months or so. And uh, again, New York, the reality is New York did get hit pretty damn hard, fast and swift. The whole thing was really kind of over here pretty quickly. The problem is that the living environments and the hallways and the way the elevators are set up are like designed for yeah. a pandemic. Like if you want to make a spread of virus, go uptown here and look at live in some of those buildings. I, I really blame some of the elevators and things. Yeah. Yeah. Susan was in one today. But, you know, again, back to California, which uh, something you tweeted about, Andrew. And by the way, am I getting the pronunciation of your name right? Is it like cruel? Gruel? Uh, gruel like the porridge people think it's a stage cool. name because of my career but it's real <laughs> i i thought it was <laughs> I, I, well i was guessing that you had a tough time with because gruel gruel was sort of not the most uh, appetizing yeah was that always the best <laughs> the best part of the meal right yeah <laughs> i think it's cute oh so like it. so, so I, I just want to make sure i wasn't calling you gruel the whole time and it was something no it's gruel <laughs> how dare you <laughs> so okay uh but Back to California, where things were just so ridiculous and uh, so disturbing. You know, we used to go to, oh, you tweeted um, that the, one of the great sort of affronts uh, during the pandemic was all this insane rhetoric coming out of Sacramento, which for people who don't know, is actually the capital of California. And uh, it, it's, it's as is insane as, if you don't know it, um, the fact that uh, that is our capital is just an astonishment, but there it is. Uh, the governor goes to dinner in Napa Valley with 22 friends at the French Laundry in a enclosed space, makes gets it documented on social media, and then claimed they were out of doors, and then it was clearly documented they were not. They were indoors. And at the time, you tweeted that there was limitations on how many people could gather. You couldn't go to somebody's house. And here's here are the leaders doing whatever the hell they damn well please. Yeah, and that was emblematic of, I think, what was happening across America with all of the leaders. All we saw was hypocrisy after hypocrisy. Nobody followed their own rules because they knew they were asinine. They knew they were absurd. Nobody actually, you know, put policies in place that seemed reasonable. They were just draconian. But the thing about Governor Newsom was is that, number one, his wineries were allowed to open. Number two, he lied to everybody. And then he got busted and he kind of doubled down on the lie. He never really accepted responsibility for lying, and nor did he backpedal on any of these crazy policies. Then he shuts down outdoor dining, outdoor dining, 75 degrees and sunny in December, going into the holidays when people already don't have enough money to get, you know, to pay rent, to buy Christmas gifts for their family. He shuts down outdoor dining and in the same breath says, oh, and by the way, we have no unemployment benefits because of the fraud. We'll have it under the new administration come February. So everybody's going to lose their job. Nobody can open their restaurant and we can't give you any money. You know what New York did that I thought was messed up right before the holidays? They closed down everything, but they said almost like they were being nice, but you can have outdoor dining in New York in December. <laughs> like that's a viable option for anyone. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, 
At least they tried. Is that trying? Not, not really. I'll, I'll grant you that. <laughs> is uh, Andrew? Did did this change your polit- politics at all? Did it change how you view government? How you view their decision making, or whom, whom or whether where well, you should support? It, it's made me more libertarian. I think it changed how I how vocal I was about it. So I was always involved in politics. I was the, you know, I was in youth and government model UN. I, I volunteered for senators growing up in high school, um, but I always kept my mouth shut. And, you know, when I got into the industry, I continued forward with this kind of, as Kat says, little L perspective on life, but I finally opened my mouth. Now, why I think that that's an important thing to mention is, is that the minute I started speaking out and I said, I'm no longer gonna hide my politics, I got dropped from boards. I got dropped from TV contracts. I got basically completely canceled from any institutional kind of culinary construct because now I was the guy that yeah. was speaking out. And when I when I spoke out against Newsom specifically, I was also targeted pretty pretty hard by the uh, by the state. But but the the fact that you were ostracized the way you were, I'm going to predict because you see now you're able to speak freely now. You're finding lots of people agree with you and agreed with you the whole time. Who knew? You probably thought you were alone with that. And yet, I'm going to guess almost a majority agreed with you, but were confused and scared. And you were radioactive. That's the problem. They had to drop you for fear of this weird mob that would go around and exert its will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it, it was, it was pretty fascinating because... I remember when Newsom shut down outdoor dining, I did a real quick video and it went completely viral. And in the video, I said, I'm not the a-hole, Newsom's the a-hole. And it was like plastered all over New York Post, celebrity chef calls Newsom an a-hole, was all over the place. And immediately we started getting all of this, you know, all these calls from people in the restaurants. I'll never come and eat at your restaurant again. We're canceling you. Just, you know, the complaints, they had to shut down my Yelp page because I was getting canceled on Yelp. And I said to my wife, now we had, we had just had a baby, right? This was our fourth child. And we're trying to juggle the restaurants. Any excess capital we had, we were giving to our employees and our team members to try and help them out. So we we're pretty cash strapped. And my wife was like, you made a mistake. We're going to get canceled. This is going to be horrible. I said, just go with it. The next week, our sales went up 15x. So oh, for every single person that was calling and complaining, we had people driving an hour and a half to come to our restaurant just to support us. We had people calling in saying run my credit card for a thousand dollars i just want to support your business oh my goodness isn't that interesting you know we did that uh during the pandemic we went down to dana point where the the sheriff refused to enforce the lockdown i don't know if you had any restaurants in dana point but things were just operating as usual there in the restaurants and we appreciated it so much we went down regularly supported and we continue we go back to those restaurants now to, to offer our support yeah, it was uh, Orange County, the Orange County Sheriff overall, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to support the outdoor dining ban. So we left our outdoor dining completely wide open. Um, we still had limited seating indoors, so it's not as if we were completely giving the middle finger to the authorities. But what we decided to do at that point was I was getting so much attention and I had so many issues with the team members who from other restaurants that were fired. I said, look, let's, we're not going to grift off of this. Why don't we start a fund to raise money for struggling and out of work restaurant workers? And we will then, yeah. you know, we'll pay off their rent thousand dollars per person. We figured we'd raise like $10,000 and that would be it. Well, this thing just absolutely blew up. We ended up raising over a half a million dollars 
and distributing it in $1,000 checks to people across the entire country. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, anybody who is a regular viewer of this um, stream and podcast, uh, or if you are not, uh, do check out Paul Alexander, where he describes the uh, social distancing policies and how they were arrived at. Complete fallacy, completely just drew a number out of the hat. No evidence whatsoever that the distancing you did indoors in your restaurant does a goddamn thing because there was no science around that. How about the plastic things in between? Made things worse, (laughs) made things worse. So six feet saves lives. I still see that in doctor's offices. There is zero evidence of that. Six feet, They at the time in Washington, they were trying to decide between three feet and 60 feet. And they just arbitrarily picked six feet, not because there was any evidence of benefit, because they figured they could get people to comply. And so let's just do something. Just do something. I've said this over and over and over again throughout this pandemic. Just do something is how doctors harm patients. Just do something. And they did so. And we're in the midst of the mental health crisis right now that is really burgeoning. I don't know if people know how bad it is. It's bad. And... You know, I, I don't know why we can't talk about that and the direct consequence of the lockdown. And yet there are still people talking about lockdowns, talking about, talking about future lockdowns, including the World Health Organization, who wants fiat authority. Are you aware of this? Yeah. Over, over all sovereign elected officials to be able to do whatever they wish in the next, quote, emergency. And by the way, in their One Health Initiative, all the all environments and all plants and animals have equivalent importance and valence to the human being that's their other policy feature their policy let's see how that one goes that should be awesome but we're going to take a break and we come back i want to talk about the world economic forum and their plan for bugs and burgers sound good andrew ah yummy and kat i know you love bugs and burgers so we'll get we'll get one of this for you too be right back I suspect you've seen Susan and I gushing over Paleo Valley products. We love the taste and how well they fit into a paleo-based nutrition regimen. They're delicious and we use them for travel all the time. But there is more. We are huge fans as well of Paleo Valley's grass-fed bone broth protein. It comes in three flavors, unflavored, vanilla and chocolate. It's a powder you can add to really anything. We add it to coffee literally every day. Smoothies, baked dishes, just hot water dissolves really easily. The bone broth protein is made with 100% grass-fed and finished bones that are free from pesticides or antibiotics and are slow simmered to extract as much collagen as possible. As we age, collagen breaks down. That's what wrinkles are. And research shows that there are significant benefits to adding a collagen source in your diet. I think it's too much to say it's changed our lives. And Susan is now reporting that after drinking the bone broth for a few weeks, her hair is stronger and longer and nails are stronger too. Try it for yourself. You can order at drdrew.com slash paleovalley and use Dr. Drew at checkout to save an additional 15%. A lot of you have been asking for more information about how to counter the adverse effects of the spike protein from COVID infections and the COVID vaccine. The spike protein is not your friend. Let's just say that. So I'm glad we have the wellness company Spike Support Formula as a sponsor, especially since renowned internist and cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, who's also chief scientific officer of the wellness company, is one of its champions. There's some very intriguing research around natokinase, which might be a way to take on the spike protein. Listen to this. So start, if you would, with talking about natokinase, how you got to that and where you see its application. So with the viral infection or the vaccines, the spike protein stays within the body and it's found in the heart, the brain, the vital organs, and it's causing problems. The Japanese have been using this 
for heart and vascular disease now for 20 years. It's safe. It is a form of a mild blood thinner that it dissolves the spike protein nearly completely. Spike support formula is the only product on the market containing natokinase, dandelion root, and a host of other antioxidants all showing promise in helping you protect yourself and your family. To order this unique, specially formulated supplement, go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is drdrew.com slash TWC. Use code Drew at checkout for 10% off today. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar, inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, political and economic upheaval, dating back to biblical times, gold. And you can own it in a tax-shelter retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just visit birchgold.com slash Drew for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. I do not give financial advice, and previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew to get your free info kit on gold. That is B-I-R-C-H-G-O-L-D dot com slash D-R-E-W. Before we return to our conversation about bugs and burgers, this has been a somewhat traumatic day for both Susan Pinsky and Kat Tim for very, very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Kat, do you want to talk about your trauma today? Sure. Um, before the Gutfeld show today, we all thought Greg was dead. <laughs> He's alive. So let me start with that. But we filmed the show. He's usually there at like 11 at 12 o'clock. He still hasn't shown up and, and no, no one had heard from nobody him. heard Not, from him. Which is We're un, calling him, which is uncanny for Greg. very right? unlike yeah. him. He's, if there's any issue, he's going to be a little late to work. He texts somebody right away. Nobody could hear from him. So my friend Keith, who helps take care of his dog was the only other one with a key so we sent his assistant down there and they're like what is she gonna do she can't get into his house yeah. so he sent keith in there and we're all i'm freaking out like we, we haven't heard from him for hours at this point i'm like he's dead like everybody thinks he's dead the mood on the floor was very very weird that day today and um he's like greg greg no answer so we so think keith, keith keith when he walks in keith. he's expecting to walk into a crime scene the dog is running around oh. like the dog pooped on the floor so oh. he's thinking <laughs> He's thinking he's going to find a dead body. And then all of a sudden he hears Greg going, help me, help me. So he thinks that he's walked into an act of murder, obviously. Like he's, he's bleeding on the floor. Yeah, or like he's tied up in a chair and the guy's still there. And now he's going to get killed. Oh, no. What had happened is that his doorknob, he, had, it, it, he didn't have a doorknob. He needed to get yeah. it fixed. But yeah. he ran upstairs for something and the door closed. And Oof. he had locked himself into his room. Okay. Well, that's trauma. That's trauma. And by the way, before Susan, no phone, before Susan, right? No I phone, mean, no laptop. You need to. That's why I. Like I'm getting him a life watches. alert for Christmas. No, I watch whatever. Apple Watch. Apple, Apple Watch. You want to yeah. get that? Yeah, you, you I think I need one too. too. I do. Before we, we tell Susan, I have a friend with a house like that. I just don't close story. the door anymore. Uh, we are going to take some calls uh, after I bring. Dr. I had the same kind of weird New York vibe today. Like living in New York is such an interesting thing. So I had to move out of a place that we sold in the Upper West Side, and I have this big headboard, 
And I know it's huge, like 10 feet long, right? And I was going to ship it back for my son because it's kind of cool. And, you know, and I've got these two workers in there all day and they go, okay, it doesn't fit in the uh, elevator. And they go, this is going to be the last thing we take out. So they, so they literally like, like, um, can you turn the volume down on that, honey? They literally started down the stairway, 17 floors. They got to the 15th floor and it wouldn't make the 16th corner. And they're down there sweating. There's no air conditioning. And they're these two big, you know, Puerto Rican guys. Well, he's a man and a son. Hi, uh, Eric and Derek. I love you from yeah, Verified Derek. Van Derek Lines. So cute. Verified Van Lines. They're from Jersey. Good guys. Shout out. Anyways, so they get down to the bottom and they won't give up. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to saw it in half or something. But it's stuck. It's stuck on this thing. And they literally had to jump on two pieces of plywood and crack it in half. And I was like, if there was a fire, I would want you on my team. Because he could have broken into Greg's door, no problem. Or out of it. This guy had hands. They were just like, hitting it. Oh, my God. By the time we got to the bottom, I did not give a shit about that stupid piece of you know, furniture. Oh, I was just like, thank God you got out of the hallway because we have handicapped people on the second floor. They and couldn't they have been stopped. They couldn't leave it in there and then have it disassembled. And then, and I don't know. It, I'm just so glad to get rid of it. And also that apartment. So anyways, cheers. Well, I'm guys. not even with Greg. My thoughts and prayers go out to Greg because <laughs> being trapped. And she was like, all her eyes were like too big. Yeah. Being trapped like, in a room for three hours. Yeah. or he, he was yelling help out of the window and I guess just nobody cared. No Greg, we love like, you. Whatever, help me. We'll, okay. we'll see him on Monday. We'll take him out. All right, the book is, you can't joke about that. You're going to hold it up. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. You can't joke about that. Get that book. Read it. It's hysterical. It's fantastic. It'll I, help you with your it, trauma. It will help you with your trauma. There it is a full screen, so you can yes. put it down now. <laughs> uh, you can follow Cat at therealcattimp.com. Uh, also on Twitter, Cat Twimp. And our guest, Chef Gruels, on Twitter is Chef Gruel, G-R-U-E-L. We will be taking some calls at some point here. So I see some hands up. I uh, will call you up to the platform at some point, and you'll be streaming on multiple sources, multiple sites, if you uh, if I do pull you up there. So, uh, so. Bugs, WAF and bugs and burgers. What's going on there? Why do they want us to eat bugs so badly? Well, they want us to eat bugs because they claim that all of the protein that's in our diet right now from, you know, effectively commercially cost seafood, but more specifically land-based cattle, chickens are producing carbon and methane, which is hurting the environment. So bugs are the better answer because they can be farm raised in a real closed contained environment and it's better for the environment. Uh, I think that this is really about just creating two different sectors of of our economy and our society. One sector that eats bugs and they're just the little plebeians and then of course you have the elites that can continue to eat their steaks all under the guise of uh, climate change and environmental control. Oh, interesting. So what I, I literally, you know, I'm supposed to be someone that understands these things and I don't understand what makes somebody want to tell other people how to live their lives. I can't, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I have enough trouble making decisions for my own life. And, That's plenty of stress there. Right. And, and by the same token, I'm equally as mystified by people that like to take directions from somebody who's making the decisions from on high. And by the way, this whole experience, you know, COVID did us a lot of favors. And one of the things it did 
was show us that there are glitches in our constitution when there are health emergencies, that they grant complete fiat authority to the public health officials who do not know how to handle it, are not properly trained for this, are not in a position to make, clearly not in a position to make these kind of risk reward decisions. Some of them aren't, many of them aren't even physicians. Mo most of those that are are pediatricians or should not be making decisions about adult medicine. And so my goodness, uh, is there anything we should be doing about that? Do either of you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is that nobody, really seem to learn from it. There was no consequences for any of the people that messed all this up. And there's been no real contrition towards any of the people who really suffered real loss from this from this thing. And I think there's been no questioning of the government, even still with something like this. I think it's we got to break out of that binary thinking where no matter what your team does, instead of confronting it, you just say, okay, well, but look at how bad this thing the other team did was because that is how the government gets so much power is that it turns us against each other. And then we sort of just explain away anything. And that allows for corruption because there's not a, all us, the people are not going to speak out against it. We're more concerned about the team. Yeah. And, you know, from a, from a business owner's perspective and specifically a restaurant, which obviously deals with the public day in and day out. Mm. I think that, number one, there's kind of this diffusion of responsibility that exists in government where it's not one person's decision. They can obviously filter it across this massive bureaucracy and then there's no responsibility on their shoulders. But number two, what I noticed through the pandemic is, is that we created policies internally that were actually better and healthier than anything that the government was telling us to do. For example, us course, specifically, we didn't have a single case of COVID in any of our restaurants because we gave unlimited time off, paid time off to our team members so that they didn't feel the need to come in and work. And it, they were extra careful. And had the government said, look, we're gonna give you these stipends and give you this money because we drove a Mack truck through your business and stay home when you need to stay home. But they were telling everybody, don't open your business, but then they didn't pro provide any of the financial safety net. And the same thing occurs day in and day out in the restaurant industry. The health department actually creates policies which are worse for you know ha the health environment Typically, every decision that they make, they end up overturning because they create more risky situations. So businesses can manage it for themselves and individuals can manage it for themselves. We don't need the government because they're making horrible decisions. You see it in environmental policy. Yeah. <laughs> Almost you, as if you know your own business better than some random bureaucrat with an agenda. <laughs> Almost like that. How dare you? You're, well, he's a greedy businessman. But, but yeah, yeah I, I find it right. Uh, it's just uncanny to me. I, I, I heard Mark Andreessen on Lex Friedman's podcast recently, and he, uh, was talking about what he's reading. And I immediately ran out and got the books because one was the ancient city about how tribal we've been and how, where that came from and how profoundly tribal we were at one time before cities developed and, uh, a, a biography on Lenin. Something I did not plan to read at this point in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yet it has great relevance to the present moment. And that is that is sad and disgusting in this country. And it's kind of like we went through, I, I look, millions of people died and lives were upended and businesses were ruined and families were translocated and there's huge mental health consequences. How is that different than a war? How is it different? It's like, it's like an entire generation has gone through the equivalent of a war that was unnecessary. Well, you could argue they're always unnecessarily. But the, <laughs> a lot of that, them. That's your sort of position. Yeah, a lot of but them. But this one was, you know, self-created. You know, every year in, in African countries, 3 million people die 
because of the effects of cooking in a hut, right? And the fact that they're burning coal still to cook in these huts. If you could actually yep. give every single one of these people a small butane burner to cook, it would decrease the air pollution in those huts and it would save millions of lives. Why don't we hear about that every single yeah, day? Yeah, but, but Chef, 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 no, 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 that would cause asthma. We'd have asthma then because it's a gas butane. No, no, we can't have any gas stove. No, 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 how dare you? How dare you? That's the insanity of all this. That's the, you cannot make, listen, there's a reason free markets are superior to centralized authority and manage econo economies. The same thing is true of everything in life. Yeah. You can't centralize medicine. You can't centralize family systems. You can't centralize any of this stuff because they make terrible decisions for most people in the name of some ideological notion that's going to be the best for everybody that of course never is ever human history is replete with this an ideological notion that they've decided ahead of time right, right so right, it, right. they've already made the decision so then they just cherry pick and look for certain things that sort of validate that because that staying true to that is more important than the truth well right. communist I'm, plot I'm how dare you I'm convinced that we're living in a comedy because the fact that I actually have to talk about the gas stove debate and nobody realizes that if we actually electrified everything and we didn't have gas stoves by their very metrics, we would yeah. be producing two times the amount of pollution because guess where electricity yes. comes from? Fossil fuels. Yeah. Right. Yes, of course. China. Well, what's even worse, however, though, is that because of their mandates on the cars in California, there will be no electricity for your stove. So you'll be burning wood. That's way worse. So, oh my goodness. Uh, Ashley, just unmute your mic on the left-hand corner there down at the bottom and uh, you can uh, ask your question. Hopefully our system works. Go ahead. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. Hey there. Can you hear? Yeah, we, we do. Okay. Um, it's kind of off topic. I just posted the question. Um, it's about uh, DIPG cancers. Have you seen an increase in that, or anybody talking about that? My niece was diagnosed with um, that rare cancer. And um, she was vaccinated. I, uh, and I know there's, not, you know, I'm not are, saying that the vaccine is causing that. Um, I just, I'm just curious to see if there is a increase in that type of cancer. Um, she did catch COVID about three months before she was diagnosed, and I've heard stuff about right. the blood brain barrier and things like that. So I was just curious, and I know I should probably ask. So. So we don't know, that, of course, you know, what's COVID, what's vaccine, what's vaccine plus COVID, what's none of the above. They are certainly seeing excess mortality overall. I don't know if you, did you hear about this new Danish study that showed that um, it's a very well done study by a fine team out of Denmark that could not get this published because you're not dare to talk about anything deleterious when it when it comes to vaccine therapies that particular vaccine therapy turns out that there is differences amongst the batches something that the people that have 
been experiencing some of these adverse events have been sort of implying for quite some time. But this particular Denmark study showed that 4% of the batches had 70% of the adverse events. Now, of course, they and they also looked at to make sure that they weren't just all, you know, all 30-year-olds or all 70-year-olds that were getting these particular batches. They were widely distributed. So it was, strictly speaking, those batches. And whether or not those sorts of adverse events are going to be associated down the road with cancers, going to be very difficult to ferret out. So the answer is there are an increase in some cancers, but they've been blaming it on lockdowns thus far, I would say. Either of you have an opinion about that? You know, I think that it should not be as difficult to have these conversations and get different information as it kind of is with certain studies coming out, because what you end up with is not just being able to, you know, find out about what's going on now. You also have a complete lack of trust in any source of information ever at this point. Well, you should, you should be very skeptical right now. The the medical journals have been adulterated. Uh, That particular Danish study I told you about was rejected by the New England Journal, JAMA and the Archives of Internal Medicine within hours, rather than being sent to peer review. So I can't even read it in hours. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. They just you know, said vaccine, go away. And look, um, I don't know that this is so, but RFK has raised this question because something like 70 to 90% of the journal revenue comes from the pharmaceutical companies. Could that be why they're so biased? I don't know, but it certainly looks bad. And RFK has said that his first order of business is going to be to call in the three majors, which is uh, JAMA, uh, New England Journal, and I forget who the third one was, it was Annals or something, and say, you you handle this or I'm going to prosecute it under, under RICO laws. Because this is a, a, a mob, this is a RICO situation where they are preventing the usual back and forth. That's I could tell that there was something wrong with the literature because it all only went one direction. And medical literature always goes back and forth until we can kind of reach a consensus of what's, what we're dealing with. And that takes time. And it usually fits the clinical situations that we're seeing as well. None of that was true. It was just one direction and one direction only and still is going that way too. Though there are some, uh, as I pointed out, there are some courageous journals like uh, my favorite Annals of Internal Medicine who are beginning to ask questions and show show articles that aren't consistent with the with the uh, narrative at large. Let me get one more uh, question up here real quick. Uh, this is mm, Fox and Friends. <laughs> Yes, I know. Okay, unmute that mic and we're good to go. And there's all kinds of, you know, Twitter speeches has all kinds of weird little glitches in it. And that's one of them. There you are. Can you hear me now? Yeah, hey. Uh, We do. First of all, congratulations on the book there, Kat. That's cool. Um, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't gotten it yet, but I I intend to. uh, Dr. Drew, would you consider yourself a boomer? Oh, for sure, for sure. Look at him. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to make. I don't want to make assumptions. No, about but you your know age. what though? Yeah, uh-huh. but, oh, I'm saying almost sixty-five. But 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 the but we are, we're yeah, we're on the tail end of the boomers, which is kind of an interesting place to be. We always saw, you know, people that live on the cusp or born on the cusp of these generational changes. You sort of see things from both perspectives. And I remember when I was in high school, the class ahead of us. The teachers would all go, oh, that was the last class of the 60s. Those, those, you guys are the 70s and 80s, which was the next generation, really. So why, why do you ask? Well, because I see, like, so my parents are boomers, and I watched the way that they handled COVID. 
And I saw an evolution in you and the way you perceived the world that's opened you up to talking to, about some of the craziest stuff. Like I'm Gen X. I grew up with you and Adam on, you know, MTV or wherever it was, Comedy Central. Um, so I watched it and, and marveled at it, but I saw most of the boomers in the world that I know completely buy into this crap and, and buy almost bigger, like so vigorously, like the one you're talking about where it's like, oh yeah, you got a 50% chance of dying if you get COVID. Like it was insane to me how gullible mm-hmm. these people were. Yes. Well, guess what? The, the reason is we came from a time when we trusted authority and trusted publications and believed the press and COVID opened a lot of people's eyes a bit. I certainly did mine where I'm now, like I told, we had dinner with Tom Segura last night and uh, Tim Dillon and Tom was asking me a lot of questions about what to trust and not to trust. And he goes, would you contemplate? He'd throw some, you know, he throw sort of a, what, what I would have previously considered a conspiracy theory at me. And I said, no, I don't, I don't believe that's true, but I'm listening. (laughs) I'm listening. And in the past I would have been just very dismissive. Now I'm like, no, no, I am listening. And, um, you know, there was a, thing going around today where again when i apologized to naomi wolf i started going around on social media again today i had dismissed her reports of menstrual irregularities after a vaccine therapy and now i've seen a shit ton of it and it had been reported in some literature that was but that was marginalized and then just today i saw another publication saying there's no there's no evidence of any effect on the men, women's menses that's false there, it's, it does not fit the clinical situation. And so I apologize. I, I'm finding myself apologizing all the Where's time now. Where's the media? Where's the media? Well, She's I sitting think, next to me. Well, yeah. If I, I, I'm, I'm not the media. Um, <laughs> You're not? <laughs> no, but I want to know what you think. I honestly think that fear is a very effective tool for government. And I also think that it gets people to pay attention in the media. Gets money. So whenever I hear... You, you know, whether it's like Patriot Act, you know, you, this is to keep you safe. Yeah. This is to keep you safe, whether it's from Patriot Act, whether it's pandemic, whether it's, you know, some of this new stuff going on with the bill to so quote unquote ban TikTok, which really would just could easily destroy free speech on the internet. All of these different things. Whenever I see someone trying to make me afraid, I ask myself first, what's in it for them if I am? And I, I also, I have a corollary to that, which at the moment when somebody gets silenced, I figure they have something to say now. Now, now I figure there's, I may not be, I may not agree with everything they say, but I figure they have something to say. Otherwise, why the vigor? Why so, everybody? And by the way, the playbook for during the, during the lockdown of pandemic was to paint people of highest academic and professional standing and crush them yeah. for having that. Those are the guys you should be listening to when they have alternative opinions. Not that they have to be right, but you have to listen. Chef, have you been uh, sort of, uh, you, you, you know, the last time we let you speak, which was a few minutes ago, you told us a story about how the customer world was coming around to support you. Has the profession and the restaurant business and, you know, other people in, in, in and around your world equally stepped in now? You know, sadly, no. So I think that some people's eyes were opened, but then they immediately went back into their corners, back to the tribalization of politics in America. And I had people through the pandemic writing me privately saying, thank you so much for everything you did. Thank you so much for speaking out. Unfortunately, I couldn't because then it would have affected my family and my livelihood, et cetera. Now, those same people are you know back in their corners and to them it's modus operandum everything is 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 normal but i think that that just goes to show you 
that everybody kind of gets back in their corners because there's a certain comfort level there. The people who are going to trust the institutions want to believe that. You don't even understand how many people come into the restaurant, have me come to the table on the table side and make the decision for them as to what they're going to eat for dinner. They don't even want to make those decisions. And I know that's kind of a, a cliche relationship style joke. What are we going to have for dinner tonight? And then it takes 50 chances to actually get there. They end up microwaving, you know, pizza pockets. But people don't want to make decisions. So they want to be told what to do. They want to be told what to believe. Um, and, you, you know, that to me is the scary thing because that's a deep fundamental problem right now that doesn't necessarily reconcile with what we are, which is a constitutional republic that relies Agreed. on liberty and our own free yes. think. Yes. So what do we do? I mean, you're, you're putting your finger on something profound. So is other than education, other than discourse, is there an answer? Well, to me, obviously, I'm always going to tell you food is the great unifier. I think that you need to come up with methods or mediums of communication that everybody understands. Part of the reason that we were able to get manipulated is because we didn't understand the higher education related to immunology and COVID and science. Now, I, I joke about food because I'm being selfish, but when I try and explain liber the libertarian perspective to people and I use this idea about buying raw milks, cheese or local farms or buying f or growing food in your own backyard, I say to everybody across the political spectrum, wouldn't you want to do that? They're like, of course I would. I want to support my local farmers. What do you mean I can't get raw milk, cheese in the United States? And when I explain to them that the government is preventing us from doing that and that it's actually an intrusion, not just in our liberties, but our health, they say, that's really interesting. I've kind of always been on the side of the government, but now I need to think about that. So if we can break it down into, you know, conversations that people understand in their everyday life, I think it opens up their eyes a little bit more. Yeah. And speaking of conversation, I mean, my book talks about this a lot. Um, I think people are afraid of making decisions in terms of what they'll listen to or what they'll talk about, because the consequences for just saying the wrong thing, mm. asking the wrong question intent doesn't matter anymore, even if it was accidentally, or even if you were trying to learn, can be completely just, you're not allowed in the public square anymore now. Mm. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. You know, I brought, I, I haven't brought this up in a few months, but I used to always bring it up, which is that uh, Democracy in America, written by a Frenchman in 1825, by, named Alexis de Tocqueville. He said we have the, he was, he had lots of very profound insights into the American system. And one of the things he noticed was we have the most explicit and free ranging freedoms of speech uh, prescribed by the law. But he then went on to say, but the reality of it in the public square is you have some of the most limited free speech mm -hmm. <laughs> because people will ostracize, come after you, whatever. Uh, and little did we know we would build a public square like social media where this is like full on in full display. I, I guess more conversation, more awareness, more uh, discussion about the founding principles. But I, I never, I never thought words uh, freedom and courage would come out of my mouth so frequently as, as more recently. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you say you're welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you, how did you get? How did Kat, How did you get to libertarianism? Is that something that happened to you, like in college? Because I've been writing about it a long time. Did, did something specific turn you? No, I mean, so my dad is, is pretty libertarian. I've always been libertarian. I think that it's just the fundamental view. And I think one of the, the main misconceptions about libertarians is that you don't care about certain no, that's problems just, that's just in you. society. That's just you. But, I think no, you care. <laughs> not caring is not the same no. as not believing that the government is the best yes. way to solve it. That's right. Especially when you take into account what you're giving up if you 
let the government enter that realm. Yeah. There's been so many examples of things where the government says, okay, this is for this emergency, right? Yeah. And then the Patriot Act is the example that I often go to because everybody remembers hearing that. Yeah. Everybody remembers hearing this is to keep us safe. And now it's obviously still there mm. and is being used in so many other ways, which people like me and people were warning about. It can, once you give the government a little in, then they're able to use it for whatever they want. They don't give up power once you've given it to them. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. There, there are so many things uh, that have just, uh, so many things that have opened my eyes recently. And and by the way, I think we all should really hold the people accountable for some of the, for the egregious outlying behaviors. Uh, like uh, if any of you work at the uh, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, your uh, operations manager, I think he's called, this guy, this guy was, he sounded like some sort of, <laughs> concentration camp commandant he's like we're on to you don't buy a popcorn and nurse it for three hours take your mask off and put it back on outdoor in a stadium by the way fast forward the next day is the super bowl and there's uh, magic johnson with um governor newsom with their masks off partying in the indoor uh rooms in the uh the suites and so, come on, you guys. They don't I, care about people. They but care they about points. They got into it. They got into it. And I, I want to know. I want to know more about who, who got off on this. We should be very skeptical. Of people who liked telling you how to live your life. Uh, it was something, you know. I often got accused of because I was someone who was helping people stop doing drugs who needed help stopping, not because I thought drugs were bad or I should. Nobody should do do drugs. I was helping people that needed help. But just the the idea that you would be telling somebody how to, you know, live their life was met with constant acrimony. And now those are the same people that either were the ones telling people how to live their life or were enjoying listening to those people, which I step up everybody. If you made a mistake, say it. Now, now's the time. I think I think as you said accountability, apologies, reassessments conversation i think that's the way to do this has anybody apologized to you chef gruel 
You know, I had a, I've had a few customers who have come back and said, you know, I don't fully agree with your stance. However, watching the way in which you helped so many people brought me back to you. And then I ultimately realized that you were doing a better job than the government. I mean, keep in mind, the government couldn't send unemployment checks to thousands of people who were who lost their job because of their decisions. Within three weeks, we were able to raise over half a million dollars and distribute it in $1,000 checks. This is just me and my wife. We had a, we had a three-week-old baby. We called every single person to do a background check on them because there was a lot of scammers. Three, four o'clock in the morning, Christmas Eve, I was driving around with my three kids in the back of the car, dropping off checks to landlords to pay people's rent. We were able to do that. We didn't need the government. And guess what? I'm still being audited because of the GoFundMe money that came in and went back out for my own personal taxes. Horrible. Of course you are. Horrible. Well, I, I would uh, put Chef Gruel under the category of freedom fighter. Am, am I saying too much? Yes, right? Oh, there's I your hamburgers. There we go. Where should we go to get your food when to support your businesses? Uh, right now, so so I ended up selling my franchise uh, through right after the pandemic, um, and we opened one restaurant in Huntington Beach called Calico Fish House. It's right on the coast on Pacific Coast Highway. We do have a pizza joint as well. It's a, it's a nonprofit where we give pizza away to veterans and those people in need that's in Tustin. So, you know, come on down to Calico Fish House right on Pacific Coast Highway in Sunset Beach. So Susan's from Newport, so this is all our territory down there. So we'll, we'll have to go. Yeah, we'll go on down there and, and uh, support. But uh, Chef Cruel, thank you for joining us. I appreciate. It. I saw you talking on another pod. I thought I got to talk to this guy. It just, it's just, it's such a, it's just a historic story about what was happening on the ground. You know, that people make light of what what went on. It was profound. It was profound. And and to sort of not uh, remember, it's you know, it's almost like nine eleven or other things. You have to bring these things into consciousness uh, and figure out ways to you know, never again. This is one of those things. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Kat, can't right. wait to read your book. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Thank, thank I love you. That. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Uh, Susan, from your standpoint, I know you, you kind of uh, have lots of thoughts in this area. No, I'm I good. I think you guys hit all the points. I, I love Kat. I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just putting up on screen you right now, are, are, these are Kat's upcoming tour dates. Oh, yes. yeah. Tell them. Yeah, I'm going to be in North Carolina next weekend. I'm going to be in Clayton on the 15th. I'm going to be in um, Charlotte on the 16th. And then I'm going to Ohio. I'm going to be in Cincinnati on the 5th. Columbus, or yeah, in Columbus on the 6th. And many more to be announced. Does Cam go with you when you do those things? He does, yeah. Oh, how fun. Yes. So. And all my love to Greg Gutfeld and his Again. perfect day. It does, it, does he know that you're telling people? He said I could. Okay, so everybody go tell Greg that we're glad he's alive. <laughs> I'm glad, I mean, it could have been a very different day. I would have, I had, I would have had to cancel. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I would have just probably texted I mean, you, can't make it, Greg's dead. Yeah. And then I would have gone dark. Was everybody just like, oh my God. The vibe on the floor was weird. Uh -huh. Everybody was like... 
Did you hear? Greg Did you died. Hear? I mean, everybody, I mean, because you don't not hear from the guy for three hours on a work day. It's just, yeah. it's just not something yeah, yeah. that happens. Forget a work day. It seems like he, he communicates with everybody all the time. At least yes. his dog pictures are being put out yes, there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. He wasn't having any, he wasn't having fun or anything. So No, he was just <clears throat> locked in a room. Oh my God. And he's like, he's so fastidious about his work day. Like, exactly. He's That's always on time. That's what he said. He's like, good thing I'm so predictable. Oh if I'm a little God. late, people are like, is everything? Thing, okay because you've, you've done the show you see how if we don't if we're one minute past start time oh the, the whole world melts oh, down. oh yeah he does not like so that so there'd no, no, be no. no he's in the car early he walks in it's things got to go hey i'm i'm looking at our um restream chats and uh rumble rants and they, they've been on fire there's a lot of great comments here but one is uh, a, a concerted cry for you to come visit Las Vegas. Do you have any? Uh, I I dates don't. Planning? I don't. But maybe I will. I could do a Las Vegas. We're going to Skankfest in September. Oh, excellent. So maybe you should do it then. Uh, yes, Tom Cigars. I've covered that so many times. I'm tired of it, but I'm happy to do it again if we ever really need to. Uh, again, having people learn nothing else, but then what you read in the press and what people say about you is not the truth. <laughs> That I hope we learned that during COVID. It's just the press create, they spin yarns that have nothing or very loosely connected with the facts more often than not. And you have no time that you learn that more vividly than if the stories are about you. I'm yeah, sure you've that's been how old. Boy, yeah. I've had some where they, they take like one little thing you say and they yeah. say you were talking about something completely yeah. different and yeah. then everyone's yelling at you. Yeah. No, I just, it just, it's, it, it is disgusting and it is time that the consumers uh, rose up and don't tolerate that and also don't listen to it and don't consume it. And then it will stop. Not until then. So, so, uh, molten salt just called you cat, a spicy jalapeno. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> As a Polish woman, I'm not called that all of that often. <laughs> Are there jalapenos in Poland? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because the food is very bland. I you love know what, it, though? But... It's so funny you would say that. I just watch a uh, the other chef that uh, walks around the world and is now no longer with us. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Anthony Bourdain went to Warsaw. Yeah. And he was very, like, um, sort of snooty about Polish food yeah. and he found wonderful meats and cheeses and really high level uh yeah it's a little food. bland and no I no it isn't no i'm not the, the meats and cheeses but the like I mean, that's and the, the sausages the but it really apparently is a lot going on there and yeah. he was he just started gushing about how much he liked the the food there so he needs to go to the czech republic czech republic he already is a fan of all right, we've been rambling enough. We're going to, speaking of food, it's time to eat out here in this part of the world. I know, we're going to go out. Uh, Kat, thank you for being here as always. Oh, uh, thanks for having I'll me. I'll see you on Monday at uh, Gutfeld. And uh, hopefully Greg will be alive by then too. He Here's some of the upcoming guests. Dennis <laughs> Rancourt in here with uh, Kelly Victory next week. Mark McDonald is scheduled for July 13th. Time of day is yet to be determined for sure. Michael Yaden on uh, the 19th. Steve Kirsch on the 20th. We've got some debates and some summits kind of we're working on and some timelines with Tom Renz who wants to do a show for you where he puts together all the evidence he has of this, you would love this, yeah. of the extraordinary transgressions during COVID. FOIA documented and put a timeline together to see how everything fits together. Oh, that's amazing. I think I know about 70% of it, but I look forward to something like that. So until uh, we, it's Friday, we'll see you on...
Help me, everybody. It's Tuesday, right? We're going to be next. I don't know about I, your life I'm like make, that. Sorry. <laughs> you're going to be on Gutfeld yeah. on Monday, so you're right, going to be here on Tuesday. Wednesday. So I'll, I'll and then we're going to go. Tuesday. We're going to go buy Gutfeld dinner and thank him for a being. Knob. <laughs> I, I might get him a doorknob. Just take Jeff on on uh, Rumble. Said I. Just, I am going to get him a life. Alert. You can teach him how to take the the hinges off next time oh um, that's all he had to do well, i know but you need to have buildings. a screwdriver these old buildings who yeah knows, his so, yeah. building's old so. yeah yeah so okay i don't know maybe jahap can go move in with him we appreciate you guys spending time with us thank you chef gruel for doing so as well and uh, we will see you on tuesday with mark mcdonald that is our plan check the time we're gonna zeroing because i have to travel that day so hopefully okay. we will get that pulled off soon enough see you then Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Yeah.